Hallelujah. Are you blessed to be in church this morning? Let's appreciate God with a clap offering. Let's bless the name of our God who has saved us, who has delivered us, who has made us who we are and has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Can I hear somebody shout a big amen? Now this morning, we 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 have been studying the foundations of our faith just getting ourselves to understand that we are built by god for a specific thing and that the faith that you carry the faith that i carry is built on something and that foundation should never be touched you can grow big but you must know that you must grow on the basics of our faith you should not forget that so the attempt has been to recap some of the basics of our faith and so we have been doing so well in that we talk about the family of believers and what makes us a church we talked about that we talked about faith which is one of the main things we must move on in when we want to we talked about the faithfulness yes last sunday the faithfulness of believers the believers faithfulness is one of the things that keeps you in the faith god wants you to be faithful because he has entrusted life even the life you have today is a free gift can i hear an amen because um if if you went to the hospital this morning you'll be told that some people today didn't make it you have made it and i have made it and we give praise to the name of our god it means that we have to understand that the life we are in we are supposed to account and uh, like we said on wednesday uh, pastor dan did a lot of justice to the topic i gave him and uh, one of the things i told him to do was to challenge those of you who think your gifts are small because one of the things i've noticed in church is that there are people who believe that they don't have much and god even understands how many of you know that kind of language you know the other day we were listening to news my 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 two boys and i were coming and then we we're listening to news and then somebody said something he said yes it was a radio program they said offering. then the man said offering. And I said in my head, God doesn't, nobody forces you to give an offering when you go to church. It should not be one that stops you. But at the same time, that phrase, it deceives a lot of people to, to sit down. And so I 
said he should challenge those of you who think you have one gift and you are not using it. One day you stand there and God will say, you don't have everything, but you have a gift. Amen. And I think pastor did a lot of good. And at the end of the day, he challenged us to, yeah, it's a better place to put your hands together. Let's appreciate that. And then he challenged us to, to take some envelopes, those of us who think we are not, we, are not uh, we don't have anything, so there's nothing we can do. It's sometimes a deception. Because the little you have, God expects you to do the little you can do. Then he will see how faithful you are and he will give you much. And so we want to thank God for those of you who do big things for the church, but want to encourage those of you who, do, who have little to also do your own. And let God bless all of us. Can I hear you say amen? Alright, so on Wednesday, I talked about... I, I spoke, those of you were there, I spoke about the foundation for a strong and a powerful life. The foundation for a strong and a powerful life. I noticed that a lot of Christians don't put up the foundation they should put up. So their lives are not powerful. Their lives are not strong. Things happen to them and they don't know what to do. Uh, and we use the parable of the wise builder as against the foolish builder. How many of you know that parable? Where Jesus said, a wise man built his house and he built it on a rock. The foolish man built it on sand. But the common feature is that he said, the rains came, the winds blew, and the flood came. Now, in life, get this, in life, nobody is insured against certain winds, rain, and flood. You are not. Christ didn't assure us that flood will not come. Rain may not come. Storm will not come. Christ didn't. Christianity does not exempt you from those things. But what Christianity does, or what your Christianity must do for you, is to you for you to build a strong foundation so that when anything comes, it cannot move you. You will stand. By the time that thing passes, you are better than you were before. Yes. That's why the Bible says, don't worry when you go through diverse trials and temptations because it will build your faith. Listen, you can pass through a storm and you become stronger, you become better, you become more effective than you were. That is what God wants us to be. How can we get there? By making sure that you are building your life on a strong foundation. And the strong foundation is the word of God. Tell somebody the word of God. Tell somebody the word of God. I'm continuing from there. That's why I'm giving you that. A lot of believers today, our lives are not on the word of God. Our lives are on circumstances. So when storms come, you fall. You are not supposed to fall. He says those who hear the word and do it, they have built on the rock. Today, I encourage you, may you hear the word. Tell somebody, hear the word. Hear the word. Now, that means you must hear. Those who have ears, let them hear. There are people who sit in church after preaching. When, you, when they walk out and you ask them, what did the pastor say? They can't remember anything. That means you have not heard. Amen. You have not heard. 
You, have, you, have, you were only sitting now, but you have no head. The spiritual ears must hear. Amen. And he says, and do it. That means live with it. And that is how come your life will be built on a strong foundation. And so when your life is built on a strong foundation, then you have a strong and a powerful life. Can I hear someone say amen to that? Today I want to talk to you about the church is God's building. The church is God's building. See, the church is God's building. Now let me say this before I continue. There are many metaphors in the Bible used to describe the church. Several metaphors. And for those of you who want to know, if you are quick, you can write this. If those people up there too can type it early for you, it will be good. I want to talk about six, I want to give you quickly six metaphors of the Bible. When we talk of a metaphor, we are talking about something that is used to represent something. There are several metaphors in the Bible, but I want to take the New Testament, some of the metaphors in the New Testament Bible gives for the church. The first thing is God's husbandry. God's husbandry. That is a cultivation of a field. The Bible says the church is like a field cultivated. Cultivated. So you hear that the Bible says we are his vineyard. We are his vine. He is the vine, we are his branches. Or we are, we are the vineyard of God. Some of the parables say a man planted his vineyard or planted his seed. That's the church. So it's a husbandry. And sometimes it says a man has sheep. John chapter 10 talks about sheep. That's husbandry. Rearing of animals. Husbandry is cultivation of just uh, uh, crops or rearing of animals. That's husbandry. So the Bible talks about the church as husbandry. And uh, you can get that from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 to 9. Or 5 to 9. I think 5 to 9. Then John chapter 10, the verse 1 to 17. You see all that. The second thing is the Bible talks about the church as God's family. God's family. For those of you who will be teaching somewhere, that's why I want you to take note of this. So that I'll go to my message. God's family. We won't have time to talk about it. God's family. Sometimes you hear it called God's household or the household of God. It's the same as God's family. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Ephesians chapter 2, 18 to 20. And then verse 22. Ephesians chapter 2, 18, 20. 22 then first first peter chapter 4 15 to 17 that is god's family god's family sometimes when we are giving some of this and we want you to become prepared to be able to teach amen so some of you should go somewhere and start teaching on god's family and use these scriptures and you are teaching and then they would ask you which bible school did you attend the third one is the third metaphor is the body of christ the body of Christ. First Corinthians chapter 12. 12 to 27. The body of Christ. The church is seen as the body of Christ. That means the physical. If you take the body of Christ. We are, we, are, we are the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Which, which way am I? What is the number? What is it? Four or five? 
three four okay the bride of christ the bride of christ the church is seen as the bride of christ are you from are you from here eh? or how do they call it are you from here is that the way they call it so the church is the are you for here of christ christ is the husband we are his wives and that is very important you can see that one also in ephesians chapter 5 the verse 23 to 32 revelation chapter 19 7 to 9 second corinthians chapter 11 1 to 4 i go on again ephesians 5 23 to 32 revelations 19 7 to 9 second corinthians 11 1 to 4 the, the the bride of christ then the fifth one is the community of citizens or god's nation or god's kingdom it's a community of citizens god sees us as a community of citizens we are in a particular community and we are the citizens of that community or sometimes some people call the god's nation you know like it is in the ephesians chapter 2 the verse 9 you are a royal priesthood a holy nation god sees the church as his nation or he sees the church as god's kingdom ephesians first peter chapter 2 9 to 10 and then ephesians chapter 2 the verse 19 ephesians chapter 2 the verse 19 then the last one is god's building that is the one i'm going to talk about amen god's building and you can also see it as god's holy temple but whenever god says god's building he's trying to let us know that he's still constructing the building say construction of the building so we are a church we are not perfect god is constructing us say god is constructing us we are his building what is a building meant to harbor or to habit, habit inhabit him god dwells amongst us god wants to be amongst us so that he will show express himself and show forth his glory to the world so the church is supposed to be god's building god is constructing a building i remember years ago i learned a certain song god is building a house god is building a house god is building a house for himself are you ready to be part of the building of the lord god is building a house for himself and that is talking about the church so god is putting up a building we are referred to the body of christ is referred to as the building of god or god's building and it's very important i want to read some few scriptures first is first corinthians chapter 3 8 to 13 and 16 to 17 first corinthians chapter 3 shall we stand for the reading of the scriptures god's building the church is god's building first corinthians chapter 3 8 to 13 and then 16 and 17. now he that planted and he that watereth are one and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor for we are laborers together with god 
Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Now, in this few texts, you will see the husbandry. And then you will see the building. Then it says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds up thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is 16 know ye not that ye are the temple of god and that the spirit of god dwelleth in you if any man defile the temple of god him shall god destroy for the temple of god is holy which temple ye are amen let's look at ephesians chapter 2 the verse 19 to 22 ephesians chapter 2 19 to 22 now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens now you see another word here fellow citizens that talks about community of citizens or God's nation, but it's just introduced with the saints and of the household of God. You see the family here too. But 20 says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief corner, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are build it together for an habitation of god through the spirit can i hear you say amen to that now shall we sit down can i have these things down here this one bring this down leave the water and everything because i'll come up uh, shall we be seated god bless you. so we are talking about the church as god's building that's one of the metaphors in the in the new testament the church is seen as God's building. Why does God compare the church as a building? It means one of the many things we have to know is that one, he wants to be, a, he wants to be in a building. Nobody puts up a building if you don't build for something to dwell in. So God himself wants to be in the building. He's building us so that he will be in us. Can I hear someone say amen? So the first reason why God says we are a build, his building is that he wants to build us so that he can inhabit us as individuals and as collective people remember when we talk about the church we are not talking about this building we are talking about us amen so the church is god's building so he's building us so that he can be amongst us one so that he can express himself to the world through us and two he can show forth his glory to the world through us that is a good place to put your hands together that god wants to dwell amongst us and show forth so he's building us that is why he's building he's creating that building 
He's seriously working it up and creating the building so that he does. Number two, God also wants us to know that it is we are a construction in progress. Can I hear you say amen? Tell somebody you are, God is still building you up. Sometimes, if you think you have made it, you will miss it. And you will miss it very well. Never think so. God has still got a lot to do with us. One of the uh, posters I've seen or in people's home, I am a working progress of God. And another one says, God is not finished with me yet. I like those things because God is working. Now, every believer must know. You see this building? You see how the building is? We have been working on it too. We have been finished. Even when we say we are finished, you see still work going on. They call that maintenance. That is not the culture of Africans. That's why our houses collapse on us. But when we even we are finished, we still maintain. Amen. I went up here and the teachers were telling me one of their store doors, the door, the keys are lost. So it looks like they are broken through. But the keys are not there. And I looked at it and said, ah, but you have replaced these. Because I can see, oh, they have replaced these keys, these locks, a number of times. I can see the holes. That is what they call maintenance. You will never finish working on a building. Africans, when we finish a building, we paint it and we sit and we say, hooray, then it starts cracking. Then things are happening. And we are not taking care of it. You don't finish working on a building. So God has not finished working on us. There, is, there are a lot of things God is still doing in your life and in my life. And you must allow him. Now, one of the things I as a pastor have noticed that there are many people, when they come, they believe that they are okay. You shouldn't correct them. You shouldn't rebuke them. If even they do anything, leave them. Because they are okay. No, God has not finished with you yet. Tell somebody, God has not finished with you yet. He's still working in you. Say, I am a work in progress. God's hand is upon me. He is creating the building. If you believe that, put your hands together. So, we must be open to correction. We must allow the word of God to instruct us. Anytime you read the word, find out what is there I can add to my life so that I can be better off. Amen? And let me say this to couples. It has just dropped in my spirit. Couples, please. The fact that you went through, what do they call it? Counseling. Marital counseling and finished and went and took your wife to the house doesn't mean you are finished. You. There's a lot still to be done on you. And there are some of you men, when the work has to be done, you don't want to agree. You don't want to agree. There are men who will never allow their wives to say, Shall we go and see counselors for them to talk to us? They will, they will vow. They will never. They see it like they are. Revealing their weakness, but who told you you are perfect, or who told you the day you say I do, you are finished? It's a deception. There's still a lot that can be done. God is still working in your life. You are a working. Pro your marriage is a working progress. Can I hear somebody say Amen? amen. Your marriage is work in progress. Your life is work in progress. So you have not finished. So God is building. God is constructing. He's perfecting it so that he himself can dwell in us and i like what the bible says we don't know how we shall be but we know that when he shall come we shall be like him oh is that all you understand we are not yet perfect yet let me say it in another way we are not yet complete but the day he shall appear 
we shall be like him that is the day you can say it's finished but as long as you are alive there's a lot of work going on god is building us say i am god's building and shall we are god's building i like the way that ephesians put it he says now no, let me go to the verse 20 and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets jesus christ himself being the corner chief cornerstone so jesus christ himself is a chief cornerstone now those of you who now the builders will tell you when they dig the foundation and they cast the concrete down that's the rock upon which to build which itself is christ the first point of building is the corner they try to lay the cost the first two blocks in the corner if they get it right the building will be right and here it's not like the village houses will go and do this with your leg and then you do this then you say do that's why the village houses you see the wall like that and the wall is like this because we didn't lay cornerstone but a good building they will, the first thing they will lay is the cornerstone because once they get it if they get all the corners well then the building will be straight and the building will stand and the building will be strong jesus christ is the cornerstone of your life so your life can be strong so your life can be better listen to me the one you are standing with upon which you are built and upon which you are is the is the one that can keep you throughout this life and i hear someone say amen you know why you don't have to be worried about your life for tomorrow the one who holds tomorrow is the one who is keeping you no you didn't you didn't understand it the one who tomorrow is in his hands he's the one who is the cornerstone of your your foundation so the foundation we are built on a foundation jesus christ being the chief corner hallelujah look at the verse 21 in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the lord all the building fitly framed together fitly framed together fitly framed together solo are you up there is solo up there anybody who is up there i want you to get me a picture of a building with a plumb line and with a, a level if you can get it go on the needle you see it I, i'll come to that laying the blocks putting a, a, a what plumb line and, and a level eh? that thing they call level with a glass of water good so get it because i'll show you something all the building fitly framed together now it's very important i want to show you the mystery of this god's building it's not almost the same as the building in the world in this one you yourself you are a building and when we come together we are framed together into a bigger building and i'll show you how it is that is why he says don't you know that you are the temple of the holy ghost and the, that the holy ghost dwells in you that means you yourself you are god's building and god is working in you as an individual see god is working in me listen god is so interested about about your life god is so concerned about your life don't ever accept the wrong notion that you you are here and you are struggling and nobody cares god is more interested in your life than anybody more than even your parents who brought you to well 
Because you were not an accident. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? You were not what? One of the persons I like using to explain to people that we are not accident is Archbishop Duncan Williams. Archbishop Duncan Williams says they were twins in the womb. And when the mother got conceived, the mother had a lot of problems. So medical people advise that they should abort the, 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 the pregnancy. And the medical advice to save the woman's life. They aborted, removed a child, and they knew they are finished. And Archbishop was inside, hiding there. And by the time the wife, the mother realized, the stomach was growing. He went, when the people said, hey, there is another one inside. That is Archbishop Duncan Williams. Nobody is a mistake. And so look, look, at, look at the destiny he has. That man is an inspiration. That's our grandfather, isn't it? How many of you know that's your grandfather? His genes are in this house. How many of you know that? If you agree, put your hands together and give the Lord a shout. Pastor Ishud got born again right under his preaching. That's why I say that's your grandfather. Now, it's very important for you to understand that. And that is why God is building you as a building he can do. Listen to me. Accept God to do the corrections and the things he must teach you. He's making you better off than anything. He will never make you disadvantaged. Sometimes you think, when you do this, when you frame from this, when you do not do this, you'll be disadvantaged. It's not true. You'd rather be better off and you'll be more advantaged in life than anything. Am I talking to somebody? So, in this building, you are a building yourself. First of all, every individual is a building. Because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So, God is working in you. Then he says, and all the building, you, me, him, all, we are fitly framed together unto an holy temple, unto the Lord. We are fitly framed together. Now, go with me to First Peter. First Peter, chapter 2, 2 to 6. Thank you, uh, Dikinderi, how many of you have seen this big screen? Dikinderi brought it for us. So now I can stand far away and see everything. Thank you so much. So you see that is a new thing. We need another one here. So that when I walk here, I can turn here. <laughs> we need another one here. Thank you, Dikinderi. Somebody say, where is the small one? Where is the one which was here? It's too small. If we put this one here and put this one here, I fatter. So you are sure they call a it was for the gate pastures and we brought it so we have sent it back empowerment pasture sorry and we have sent it there because we hold meetings there all right but look at this as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that he may grow thereby that is the first thing a christian you are born new you are born into the family you are born as a child of god one of the things you must desire to grow is the sincere milk of the word. See the sincere milk of the word. So the word of God is the milk you must eat. At some time, you must grow beyond milk anyway and eat meat. And then you reach a place where you can break bones. It's all in the scripture. Some of you are still taking milk when you are too old in the feet. Hmm? 
One day I read something and I said, hey, people are saying this. They said, uncle, they said one of the problems of human beings, why, in fact, don't take what I'm saying, I read it somewhere. So, uh, what do they say? Uh, I'm not the one saying it. I laughed. They say one of the reasons why human beings we have problems is that we still take milk. We are the only uh, animal created by God that takes milk even when we have grown. <laughs> when we have grown, we still take milk. But my question I ask them is that it's not the same milk. We take the milk of other animals. So is it the same? I don't have the answer. But the people were trying to tell us that it's not good to stay on milk at a certain age. Because every animal will be weaned from milk onto something that we alone, we decide to take milk. But my question I asked was, but is it the same milk? I don't still take my mom's milk. But well, perhaps milk is milk. I can't tell. So don't say this, what pastor said. I didn't say it. I read it and I laughed. I asked my own questions. Somebody asked me, Pastor, do you take milk sometimes? I really, I really stopped taking milk a lot, a long time ago. My wife knows that. Because when I was told that my cholesterol level was high, I took off anything that is fatty. And milk, I take it once a while when I need it. So, but that was not, that is not because of what I read. But think about it. Mm. <laughs> anyway so you, you we, we desire the sincere milk of the word so that we can grow there is no way you can grow as a christian without desiring god's word ah, how? so that we will grow thereby say growing thereby now look at what he says give me three if so be that you have tasted the lord you have tasted that the lord is gracious move on to whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed indeed of men but chosen of god and precious so jesus came as what a living stone people disallowed him but he was chosen by god and he was precious look at the verse 5 now ye also as lively stones in the same way he's saying jesus came as a living stone that's why he was used as the cornerstone in the building we also we are regarded as what lively stones every christian is a stone when it comes to God's building, every one of us is a stone. Say, I'm a stone. Jesus came as a precious stone and was used for the corner. Cornerstone. We are also stones, living stones. Say, I'm a living stone. And God is taking us to build the building. lively stones are built up and spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god by jesus christ so that is god's mission to put us together but we are lively stones say we are stones 
Now, put the, screen, put the thing on the... Put whatever you've got, put it on the screen. Good. That's good. You see what they are doing? The yellow thing lying on top is what they call the level. The one he is putting aside is like the line. To ensure that the thing is straight and to ensure that the surface too is straight. And then he will lay the what? Blocks. Say blocks. But tell somebody you are not a block. You are a stone. There are difference. How many of you have seen stone building before? Stone building. Stones. They just take stones and build. How many of you have seen it before? Now those of you who have seen stone buildings, you realize they don't just take the stone and go and lay it there. What do they do to it? They chip it. They cut it. They shape it. And when it fits, then they'll put it there and join it. So when God takes you as a stone to put you in this building, he must first of all shape. He must first of all shape. He must first of all cut. There are things about you he must cut. Otherwise you cannot be part of that building. We are not, you see, uh -huh, look at the building, look at the stones. You see the way they are? They don't just put the stones where they belong they shape them. Fray them. Some of them are more, more frayed than this. Well polished, well cut than this. Amen. So they, they shape it. Because some of the stones you may put, the edge will be like this. You don't need it. What do you do? You cut it so that it can fit. That is why, that is the wisdom. When science was developing they decided that if that is the case what the cutting and the things we do let us make blocks shape it what we want and then the building can go on fast now in the church every one of us being a lively stone has some aspect of you that must be chipped off polished straightened and he must god must cut it and you know what God uses to cut it? The hammer and the chisel, which is the word of God. Oh, you can clap. So when we come to church, we must allow God to chip us. <laughs> Some of the life we live is not correct. God can fit you inside. You want to be part of his church. You want to be part of the building. He must shape you to put you there. But you are too strong. You don't want the shaping. Meanwhile, you want to be there. That's why some of you cannot fit well into the church. It's not the people around you. It's you. If you are chipped, you will fit. No, no. If you are chipped, you fit. You see, you... You don't need to agree with everybody to be a good church member. All you need to know is that God give me a heart to humble me so that I can accept my brother as he is. That's a chipping. That's a cut. God, show me how to love. That's a cut. And God may tell you, stop frowning your face. Stop getting that angry. That's a chipping. Now, in God's house, 
Oh, look at the way they are achieving that thing. Charlie, it's a who? Oh, to two, I didn't know. How many of you like this? If they are cheaping, if you were the one they put the hammer on and they put the chisel on, they are hitting. It's, listen to me. If you are a husband and a wife and you don't allow this, even the family building, you can't fit. You can't fit. Nothing should touch you. And one of the things I don't like is when you meet two people, married people, and you want to solve a problem. Pastor Harry, me, I don't have a problem. When they say that, I turn and tell my wife, he's the biggest problem. <laughs> Anybody who say, Pastor, me, I don't have a problem. I just turn and say, ah, he's the one I have to work on. You know why? You have no problem, but you are the biggest problem. Because in a marriage, when you see a problem, it is the two. It's never one. And both of you need to be chipped. One of the reasons why people divorce is because they get to a place they don't want to be chipped. Oh, I can tell you, if, if me, I had not been chipped, but now me and mommy have separated. Our differences were too much. Ah, now Zongo. Zongo and Barak's boy. Me, I didn't know what to do. I remember those days when we married, Auntie Harriet. Me church. I had no bicycle. I roam. I walk. I want to make sure people are insulting me outside. When I get to the hall and I'm tired, I just do this. And my shoe is here. Whilst I'm going, I remove this one. It's lying here. My singlet is lying here. And I'm lying there. No fun. I didn't have a fun in the house. And that's in what hot. So I remove everything and lie there, champ. May that. My wife comes from school. So, oh, so couldn't you have kept these shoes somewhere? I said, is this sitting on your head? I say it in my head. Is this thing sitting on your neck? If it bothers you, push it aside. That thing is lying where it's lying. It hasn't, it hasn't closed the space for you to walk. It has not, it hasn't, there's a big space you can walk. What is your problem? And she thought, she thought I'll pick it. Me too, I'm sleeping. I won't pick it. And the thing was becoming a problem. One day, she came when she was pregnant. I don't know what this Phoebe or Barnabas. Highly pregnant. I came and saw my wife picking that thing. That was where I changed. I said, this thing, she will not pick it again. I will make sure I do it. But you know what? That is my upbringing. 18 children in one room. I never learned where to push you. You had to go in China. You had to go in China. So, if you are expecting me, to, and she grew up with her father being, her father gave birth to him where he was the senior housemaster in the school. I believe the uh, boys' quarters and the bungalow. And with drawers, uh, uh, what do we call it? Uh, wardrobes. Yeah, yeah, well, Huma and a sign in the middle of the house. you know what the fact that we are living to today is because I had to allow myself to be chipped and she too had to allow herself to be chipped you are perfect so your husband has the problem your wife has the problem that is your problem God's building listen as long as we are alive the chipping will continue. 
Because we are lively stone. We are not block. Tell somebody we are not a block. What can say we are block room we do at them? Block part the other But we are lively stone, living stone. And God is shaping in us so that He can put us on the building and work out. Now, now get this. Go back to the original one. The the plumb line and, and everything. Let me show you. Now, listen to this. I'm going to say this and then we'll pray. Oh, go back to that one. You see it? The reason why the reason why he's taking his time to put the level is to make sure that the thing is straight. And to make sure that it's vertical. Very straight. Otherwise, you cannot put another course of blocks on it. If you put it on it, it will tilt and gradually the building will fall. This is the greatest part of building. Some of us think it's just putting the blocks. No. Now, this is what happens in the church. Anytime a group of people come into the church, God must take time, all of us must take time to make sure that they are settled lined up, vertical, then that gives us a strong basis upon which God must add. Listen, a church doesn't just grow like that. The people that came, have we settled them? Have we made sure that they are straight, they are vertical, and they are lining up? If they are lining up, then others can come and sit on them. That is why you, a church member, cannot take your life for granted. You are delaying other people sitting on your head. Because God wants to put cuts on you. You are supposed to support other people. Other bo- blocks, blocks. Listen, you came into this church too long. You have been born again for far too long. But can God trust you not to put some blocks on your head? Ankunam, you are in the church. You are not growing. We are straight. You the problem line you see we are straight. Because we are lively. No, no, no. We are living. We are lively. That means the stone is there, but it's still alive. So you can position it. No, actually. So if you decide that the, the stone is not like a block. Block is a block. It's not living. But the lively stone, come. If the lively stone, the lively stone, Try and lie on him. No, not too much. <laughs> but you see, you won't call out because Jesus is your foundation. This man can decide that that is one of the things that delays church growth. There are some of you who are not growing enough for God to trust you enough to put a block on you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you are making God to spend. God is spending so long a time. We are spending too long a time on you. And then, you didn't tell me why. Too long. You are spending too long time. Now, 
So it makes it difficult for the building to continue. Let me say this. A church does not grow because of the pastor. A church grows because of the members. We want to fill here 6,000 auditorium. It will depend on all of us. Whether you are strong enough for God to put something on. In other words, can you follow up somebody for me? You want the church to be 6,000 and who will follow them up? Me? Who will say me? Who Now, so for say, to follow 6,000 people. You see how I can stand here? Because they can put it there for everybody to see. It's good to preach like that. Uh, it's nice to preach. You see, eh? that is why even in a family, husband, if you decide not to have time for the children and you expect only your wife, you will not build a strong family. Mema muaha. Mema muaha. Samuti, why you busy, busy? Oh, my movie, oh, my movie, oh, my movie. I send a whoop out also. Everybody must be strong. Tell somebody by you, can God trust you to put a block on your head? The building carries every block, carries blocks, every block carries. So I carry them. They must also carry. And when they carry, you must also carry. When they carry, you must also carry. When you come, we lay you, we build you, we cement you, we put you together. The cement is Jesus. Holy Spirit brings the blocks, but the cement is Jesus. It is because of Jesus we are connected together. Because of Jesus we are connected. Because of Jesus, she is my sister. And we are together. Nothing can separate us. You know what? The cement, the, the, the mortar in between us is because of Christ. We are together. Who brought us together? The Holy Spirit is the one who brings the building. And then when he has done it, he asks us the pastors to keep you and plaster you and make the things are fine. So that God will be in your life. May God be in your family. I said may God be in your family. May your family be strong. May the church be strong. 